welcome to Cast the Pod to your Witcher. I'm your co-host Dov. I'm your co-host Aaron. And I'm your co-host Matt. And today we're discussing the second short story um, in the in the Sword of Destiny anthology uh, called A Shard Device. So yeah, this is a whoa. This is a fraud story. Um. This 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 story is somehow a lot, despite being only like what, ten pages long. <laughs> it's like forty six pages or something like that. It's literally we half probably... like the last one. The the yeah, the the probably... the Lithuanian books are are substantially bigger in size than like like of size of page than than the yeah, English translations. Tall. So like like, yeah, so for me, it's like ten pages. <laughs> um we should probably note for our um show watching listeners that this episode or this episode this story has not yet been adapted for the show and we do not know if it will or not so if you're extremely spoiler averse um you know we previously covered um a grain of truth which was uh, a story that hadn't been adapted for the show and we know that someone had been cast so we knew it was going to be adapted for the show but we actually don't know if this one is going to be adapted for the show or not so just thought i would lay that out there for the i mean realistically i'm gonna i'm gonna wager no um just based on yeah probably not just based on like this plot decisions that have been made and the first season of the show that would seem to more or less directly contradict a lot of this story. Yes. I would yes, guess. Yes, I think we've already wrapped no. up Yennefer's story with Istred, which is kind of what this is about. Yes, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's worth it's worth noting that Istred is a character, a pretty important character in this short story, just as he was in the early episodes with Yen in the in the TV series. But he is quite a different person, shall we say? Oh, even yeah, in basically every conceivable way, seemingly. I mean, he's in his late twenties as opposed to in his forties. The one thing that has been kept is that, like, he's he's a history like nerd. He's a he's an archaeology nerd. Yeah, <laughs> he likes big pots <laughs> and he cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Right. God, we've um, all been online too yes, long. Right. Shall we? Yeah, let's get into. Max, would you no, like I'm, to introduce I'm, us? I've got to herd myself. Yes. To, to, to. Yes. <laughs> Where the plot starts off. Yes, we start. We start in a shit heap. Um, quite literally. Correct. Um, and with... its yes. name is Edgin Vale. Um, and in, 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 in that shit heap, there is a shit heap. Um... Yes. And uh, yeah, Ger- Geralt's scrapping with um, a tentacle beast uh, called the Zoigel or a Zoogle. Which is effectively the trash compactor monster from Star Wars. And and believe it or not, despite the fact that this is the Witcher, this is not yet the porty part. <laughs> <laughs> well Yes, a non horny tentacle monster. <laughs> um yeah. So Geralt's out his out his mind on Elixir's fighting the Zoigal, just you know, doing his thing. And then he kills it and gets covered in shit and goes to um get a wash with yen uh, well not with yen at the, his shared accommodation with yen and with um, yen's help yes. with yen's help she she does she provides the bath. <laughs> some seawater yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean i do just <laughs> i do just want to just like 
right from like the first page we do get like a real sense of how terrible Ed Ginvel. Okay. So I just wanted to to just catch just like from this very first like from the very first page the impression we get of Edgin Vale is that it's just horrible. Like the first line of the story is the dead sheep swollen and bloated yeah. with stiff legs pointing towards the sky. Like but like from the moment like first moment like it's all like starts and like shit heap like and a garbage heap muck filth and shit like that like this is our introduction to this story and this is basically even emotionally where the story goes. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah yeah it's pathos it's pathetic fallacy yeah. um yes, yes. we're back to, we're back to our favorite word on this podcast pathos yes <laughs> that's what his stories are so much there's simply too much yes. pathos um so yeah he he takes a, a bath in some uh, seawater i don't know why you'd want to wash in seawater as opposed to fresh water but you know he is i mean shirt, just I for the fact that you can really like like, like <laughs> i mean max I mean, like it's not good for washing in but like you float a little and i think the salt's good for your muscles and it's kind of nice i mean okay. like honestly just consider the fact that like you know like the wizard here can provide you with seawater like doesn't that in itself feel luxurious like as Geralt says seawater just to mix it up <laughs> but of course yeah and doesn't even warm it up for him yeah because she she can't be bothered she literally says that this okay. is too much work for her oh no well she says okay well she says that spell is bloody wearying and makes me feel sick but she also says the cold will you do you good after the elixirs no. so mm, this is the kind of thing that abusers say like <laughs> it is a bit um character building <laughs> like the, this this is this is a bit this is a bit oh yeah though no, take a take a take a swim in this cold ass water it's good for you it'll it'll <laughs> i'm just saying sometimes it is <laughs> well yeah to be fair athletes do take ice baths after football games in the preseason to listen yeah up their but muscles. but Geralt just fought a fucking zoogle you'd, you'd think that like you know he would want to relax <laughs> in some actually nice hot water <laughs> like 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 no, no, no offense but like but like come on guys like at least boil a kettle like <laughs> yeah yeah no like like summoning seawater not a problem heating it massive problem like come on yeah <laughs> well <laughs> be that as it may as he has a bath um they have a talk about the the zoigel um and yen has um an interesting sort of counterpoint to um the discussion about sort of a witcher's place at the end of um the previous book at the end of sort of the last wish uh Geralt's talking about um going south because there's no monsters left in the north um and he's going to work those wild places where he can work well it was dandelion it was dandelion who was spoken talking about that and and Geralt felt uncomfortable with the idea oh yeah yeah, because he complains that the girls don't wash in the beers (laughs) the beers like piss yeah it is not really contested that there are fewer monsters in the north and more monsters in the south and this is becoming a problem for him yes um he's too damn good at his job Yes, but then Yen's sort of interesting counterpoint here is that um, she says, you know, even in a town it's easy for a witcher to find work. You don't have to roam through the wilds at all. You know, Istrid maintains it's becoming a general rule. The place of every creature from the forests and swamps that becomes extinct is occupied by something else, some new mutation adapted to the artificial environment created by people. So Yen's proposing, possibly selfishly because she is a city girl and 
wants to keep him in a city. Yeah. That, in fact, there's plenty of work to be found for witchers in cities because there are new mutations to replace the old monsters. Um, and you can just stay in town and work here, which of course we've just seen as a miserable experience for him. He mm. fucking hates it. He explicitly like thinks at this moment that like, no, not a chance in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'd rather drop dead. Is a pers- he, what he thinks? Doesn't say out loud, but we all know Yen's reading his mind all the time. So like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it is. And it, it is interesting actually in this bit because like what she's saying, like unlike unlike in a lot of scenes where we where Yen reads his mind and immediately reacts to it. Here she's sort yeah. of like, if she is reading his mind, she's basically ignoring mm-hmm. his thoughts because like... Yeah, she just lets it go. Like, like, yeah. like, like, her responses are, like, you know, like, like the things she goes on to say are not even on the same topic in both instances. So like, at least for me, it, like, I got the impression that either she actually isn't reading his mind in this instance, or she, in this case, basically doesn't care that he's expressing those yeah. feelings. Yeah. The relationship's not yeah, in the best of course... spot. <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're you're right, she changes the topic because she basically I don't know why she's being so coy about this. Um basically changed the topic to I mean, you know, I want know to look you over. The story girl might so have injured you. About this. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean Do we? Why I mean <laughs> Oh wait, you 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 mean, you mean like the fact that like she flips him over? No, that that's that 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 we don't. I thought you meant like why she wants him to settle in a city, <laughs> like no 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 no. But the next the next thing is she's all like, oh, uh, the Zoigel might have injured you. I might best look you over. It's like, come on, Yen. Yeah. <laughs> Are we really dancing around this? Hardly fit of that. <laughs> Especially because Geralt's like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. I would have noticed. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have noticed anything. Those elixirs will destroy you. I need to look you over. It's like, mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, he eventually, of course, he does get in the nip and he notices that she's wearing a very nice nightgown and they retreat to bed and he decides, despite the fact he is incredibly um, desensitized by virtue of his elixirs to try it on. <laughs> And uh, the mechanics yes. don't agree with. Uh, she seems to <laughs> with the, the, like. Like, am I right in understanding that she uses a Viagra spell on him? Yes. Like, yes, she does. Yeah. And he, for a moment, thinks about how often she must do this, and then is just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, actually, I mean, okay, so this might be a translation thing because, like, okay, I might have misunderstood, but I, but I thought the Lafayette translation more or less like said something along the lines of like he thought about how many times it would be useful that she would do this. Um, um, like, as in... In, in English, it's... Sorry. sorry. As in implying that she doesn't, but, like, that, that like in many other instances, this would be a good idea. Um, um, the English says, um, Yennefer, as usual, was not discouraged by a mere trifle. He felt her touch him, heard her purr right by his ear. As usual, he involuntarily pondered over the colossal number of occasions she must have used this most practical of spells. Okay, no. And then he stopped pondering. I, I, see why, I see why I got confused. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I see why I got confused, because, like, um, like, uh, what the English translation renders as must have, the Lafayette yeah. translation's re- translation renders as could have, which, like, is uh, obviously an instance both in the case of, like, like, I, I can't tell if that means there might have been an astronomical number of other cases when she did it, like, 
but there also might have been I can't tell if it's like it's if it's if he's asking like how many times she did that uh, or how many times she could have done that. In the English translation, I think, I mean, I think the way the English translation phrases it chimes with the rest of the story being about him and Istrid bickering back and forth about Yen's sexual history. I think the implication that she's had a thousand partners and done this a thousand times is more likely. Yeah, yeah, but just with any number of dudes. Yeah, and use the spell with any number of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Like, it's kind of yeah. difficult to tell. I think it's just an involuntary thing on his part of, like, you know, just reacting like, oh, he has she used this lots of time for lots of men and being like, you know, it's involuntary. It's just like an instinctual thing of him. Like, lots of blokes are feeling self-conscious about their partners having, you know, outscored them, so to speak. Yes. yes. And, I mean, this is Yennefer we're talking about. And she oh, certainly has. Um yes like no shame to her live your life she yes. you know but she almost certainly has um yeah so after that they go to sleep and <laughs> yet again establishing that they don't like they don't like this town <laughs> the first line of the next section is the town was having a bad effect on it <laughs> oh oh sorry we we've missed a very important oh, oh the shard part. of ice of course yes the whole shard of ice story yes so so after afterwards um yeah they're they're talking and um you know he does say let's get away this town has an awful effect on me so we know that you know again he hates this town and um she asks him if he knows what the the name of the town means uh edgin vale and um it was a bit narnia <laughs> yes it's a bit narnia she says it means a shard of shard of ice um so she says that among the elves there is a legend about a winter queen who travels the land during snowstorms in a sleigh drawn by white horses as she rides, she casts hard, sharp, tiny shards of ice around her, and woe betide anyone whose eye or heart is pierced by one of them. That person is then lost. No longer will anything gladden them. They find anything that doesn't have the whiteness of snow ugly, obnoxious, repugnant. They will not find peace, will abandon everything, and will set off after the queen in pursuit of their dream and love. Naturally, they will never find it and will die of longing. Apparently here in this town, something like that happened in times long gone. It's a beautiful legend, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super Narnia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean it's it's also just like like that is like an actual like um fairy tale. Like I can't remember if it's like Brothers Grimm or like Hans Christian Andersen or like something. Oh, is it? Like that is an actual fairy tale. Like It does sound familiar to me. It's Hans Christian Andersen. Um Oh, is this the one Frozen's based on? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's the one where she's it's the one where, it's the one where she's bad. Yes. <laughs> Instead of I being mean, like the original a hero. was that she was bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That that's that's a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale. Okay. It's and and yeah. but, but it, um, Geralt yeah, sort of pooh poos it and says, "No, it, it's not a wonderful myth." Which, and by legend, the way, is, is very interesting. Army. Because like it's the it's this it's <laughs> the first time would we see um, him mention the wild hunt. I think so. Yes, I believe it's the first time. It's mentioned overtly. Well, is it not mentioned? Um, the Nagel Fair is mentioned before when they're talking about um, when they're in the Skelligate Isles. Yeah, but like the Nagel Fair only gets linked to the Wild Hunt like later on, way later in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been alluded to, but not explicitly named as the Wild Hunt. And I also think that like in the in the in the um, what's his face and the uh, Sintra story, like Sapkowski hadn't yet. I think he mentioned Nagelfair just because the Skelligers are like, you know... The Vikings. <laughs> both simultaneously Scottish and Vikings. 
So like, yeah, so like, yeah. they have to have the bagel fair because that's part of the lore of the. Yeah, made of dead men's fingernails. Blah blah. Like blah, it's blah. It, that that is a thing in like in like Norse mythology. Like yeah, like that like that ship is meant to sail her- heralding the start of Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it um, literally like it literally is meant to ferry the forces of chaos that will do battle. With. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool Norse Norse mythology is re- re- really cool, and I hate that it's been adopted so much by the far right because actually the stories are really cool and interesting and there's so much weird like gender bending stuff in there and like loki you know is an ancient (laughs) an ancient (laughs) queer icon in his own way yes absolutely yes (laughs) and i hate that the white nationalists Uh, have ruined it for everyone else yeah Uh, i'm only laughing because we ended up talking for like an hour earlier about like how annoying white nationalist neo-pagan reconstructionists are yeah um (laughs) yeah uh, so yeah same (laughs) but yeah so after after this kind of conversation they go to sleep and Geralt wakes up alone he actually starts from a description of how much like he's irritated by the fact that like he sees all this evidence of Yennefer in the room but she's not there anymore because she's gone to see Istred who she mentioned the previous night and Geralt already is uh, like was noted to like you know find the mention of him annoying yeah Yeah. Um, um there's the most relatable line in the entire series here though um he went downstairs feeling anxiety and anger welling up in him about everything <laughs> mood yeah <laughs> like mood. relatable <laughs> Just, not even on we, just dread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About everything. <laughs> What's well, right? Just everything. Yeah. I mean, who amongst just among us has not woken up and hated everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just relatable, Gerald. Me, but, any uh, morning yeah. of the day. Any any morning yeah. of the day, yes, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yes, any morning of the week. And so he's going to go and try and get payment for the dead soy god yes. in this town that he hates surrounded by people he hates yes. Yes. yeah and i mean the, the description of everything he hates i mean i don't like that they use the word did, is the word that is used in the lithuanian translation annoyed because it never seems strong enough for me um like i mean there's lots of words used because there is there is enraged annoyed irritated um nauseated there, there's lots of verbs going okay. on here oh they just repeat annoyed they just repeat annoyed. So the English translation, and this is the part that sort of like grated me for the English translation, was he was annoyed by the cold congealed scrambled egg he was served for breakfast by the innkeeper who tore himself away for a moment from groping a girl in the kitchen. He was annoyed that the girl was no more than 12 no, years in old. This, in this case, in both instances, uh, the Lithuanian translation uses infuriated. So Oh, okay. Thank you. I would rather he was infuriated yeah. that there was a twelve-year-old girl who had tears in her eyes. Like I think, like if the English translation is using "annoyed," that actually misses, I think, a huge point because I, again, I'm not reading the original here either. But I'm gonna yeah. figure yeah. that the Lithuanian translation is probably closer to the Polish, just because I'm gonna make a bold assumption that there are Lithuanians who understand Polish better than whoever was translating to English. 
Yeah. That's like a subtle change, but it's actually quite a significant one. It is very significant, especially yeah. considering yeah. that this story is very much about how Geralt can actually feel things, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. So, like, it's not just annoyance, it's constant anger yeah. at, yeah. like, everything that goes on in this fucking town. Yeah, because it just gets repeated. Like, in the bathhouse, he was annoyed by the expression of the attendant. Uh, he was annoyed by the fact the attendant did not offer him a whore. Um, and, yeah, da, 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 da. He, did, he did not like the beggars squatting against the wall of the temple. He did not like the crooked writing on the wall reading elves to the reservation. So, like, it was just very, it's quite mild language, really. Mm. Yeah. No, like, like it's using quite, like, you know, varied verbs. Like, you know, for instance, he, like, he's saying, you know, he didn't like... Um, uh, the beggars by the by the temple wall. He didn't like also the the the, the writing on the wall, etc., etc. Um, but like, but like, sometimes it's annoyed, sometimes it's infuriated. It's like all sorts of words, actually. Um, uh-huh. By the way, can I just make a comment about the beggars by the wall thing? Like, I actually like um, how subtle that particular sentence is in establishing how shit this town is. Because, like, obviously, like, you know, if they're, like, clinging by the temple wall, I mean, like... What kind of religion is allowing that? Just letting beggars... Yeah, what what, <laughs> what kind of... I mean, what kind of religion doesn't invite the, tem- the beggars into the temple? Like, basically, every single organized religion that has ever existed has... Yeah, we'd be like, like yeah, just come into the forest <laughs> or something, yeah. Yeah, charity yeah. is like a big thing in most it's religions. It's the only reason they survive any length of time at all. It's because it gives plausible yeah. deniability to rich yeah. people to say, oh look, good money to the church. Um, that's me being said. Yeah. Um, I mean, like a little bit. But like, but, like, but like, also you're not wrong in the sense that like most religions legitimate themselves through a process of like, you know, you know, like basically going like, well, we also do these, you know, social things for the community yeah this is why we don't pay tax uh, because we're actually charity especially yeah. you, especially <laughs> you know like in in feudal times when nobody did these things except for the religious authorities so if the temple is not taking care of the fucking like beggars then the town there really is a shithole of like quite quite a level yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yes absolutely um so he um is seeing all these things of course as he is trying to uh, find his way to the mayor to get payment for the rather dirty job of killing the Zoigle that he's just done. And um, he's stopped on the way there by Cicada, who is the mayor's bodyguard, chief of guards, something like that. Hireling. Um, hireling. And uh, speaking of Geralt and his situation with emotions, um, at least in this translation anyway, um, when he's sort of yelled at by Cicada to, to stop and turn around, uh, it says that he instantly suppressed the anger he felt inside, overcame his annoyance, and froze into a cold, hard shard of ice. He could not allow himself to become emotional. So we have that he's already having to tr- feeling like he has to try to control his emotions, which is interesting given how he starts talking about himself quite shortly. Yeah, like the the like the most amazing thing to me in this short story, like, and obviously we'll discuss this like later when we come to that point is that, like, like Sapkowski deliberately focuses on, like, everything that Geralt feels. Because mm-hmm. he is here to make a point about how actually Geralt feels a lot of things. Like, yes. a yes. lot of the time. That is to say, always. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. 
Geralt is just constantly stewing in sadness and trauma or being madly in love with Yen, one of the three. I mean, here, mostly anger. Like, but yes. Oh, and anger, yes. Like, <laughs> anger, sadness, trauma, or being madly in love with Yen. Yes, <laughs> which really are all the same thing for him, so you know. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all different faces of the same emotion. <laughs> uh... That is to say, in his case, really mommy issues. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, sadly. So yes, he meets um, the Cicada, um, a thoroughly unpleasant chap who really wants to fight Geralt. And it's established that he's a massive fucking criminal. Like, like he's he's yeah. he's wanted in like. Vziba and Kelf and Vetver, and I'm googling these places right now because they could be quite a <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, see on the map. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. think get, and Geralt sort of says, like, yeah, he's probably got a bounty on him, but not one worth my time, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, like, again, we just need to reinforce how shit this town is. So, like, Geralt's trying to get paid. He was promised 100, and the, and the, 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 the mayor's trying to bargain him down to 70. And uh, and Geralt's like, you know, that the Zoigel is just a Zoigel. It would have killed eight people. And the, the mayor's just like, oh, people, I like that. And it's just like, you know, it only ate, like, a drunk and old bag and several of the ferryman's children. Like, those aren't people, basically. He's an asshole. Yeah, this guy's Jesus. got, like, a criminal as his bodyguard, yeah. and he's just saying, oh, yeah. He dehumanizes kids. Like, it's yeah. it's pretty fucked. Like, And then yeah. diddles him out of, like, five crowns as well. Free tax, yes. Which is just yes. really funny, because it's like, it's like, um, he literally is paying Geralt. So he's taxing Geralt on pay that he is giving Geralt to take payback to himself. I like as well how uh, the mayor could easily be a candidate for the Independence for Scotland party. Because they say, you need two to reproduce. I mean a male and a female. (laughs) 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 Which just goes to show how trash this town is. This is really really like, you know, holding to my theory that this is actually just fantasy conus. Like... (laughs) <laughs> like, like, the, we've got the, a wings the, over. Like, we've got a wings over. <laughs> the the racism and the social conservatism and the and the and the and the municipal mismanagement. It's all conus. <laughs> uh, but it does. It does. Like, have yeah. This bit is just like them reinforce reinforcing what like ignorant bumpkins these people are about like. Oh, like fleas or mice? They just hatch from rotten straw. There's no like. It's just. It's yeah. a male or female he, mice. He yeah. refuses to acknowledge the concept of a hermaphrodite, basically. Like, even, yeah. you know, yeah. in nature. It's kind of... Yeah. Y- you're really right, Bags. Like, he's kind of incredible. He's, he's, like, he's like the most obtuse turf ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sex doesn't exist. It's like horseshoe theory on turf. <laughs> 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 uh, and, um... Apart from that, in a moment of being real fucking subtle, uh-huh. um, uh, the good old days he, when uh, sat back. The good old days when there was Pardon? no sex in the Northern Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> sex is banned. 
Yeah, in a, uh, a moment of being real fucking subtle, uh, Sabak has one of, uh, I guess it's the mayor, refer to Yennefer as Guinevere in this conversation. Yes, yes. It's it's very, very subtle. Sapek is is doing a whole ass like um <laughs> like 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 uh this is totally not a Furian thing. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. We have our 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 beautiful, infertile, unfaithful woman named Guinevere. <laughs> so yeah. Well, it's not established uh, yet that she's in. <laughs> or yes. in, you, in you guys' case, I guess, like, you know, 10. Like. Yes. <laughs> but this comes up in the context of, you know, after this conversation, um, Geralt says he's, you know, you know, they ask Geralt, why don't you just stick around and take care of her Zoigel problem, like, on contract? And he's like, no, 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 I am, I am they getting try, out of they here. They try to settle him in the town again. Everyone, yeah. everyone <laughs> is trying to get him to stay in this shitty ass town. Like, yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Because, <laughs> because they want him to control their soigle problem. Well, I mean, at least, yeah, at least yeah. none of them have any pitchforks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's true. Like, to be totally honest, they're more welcoming to Geralt than most people he encounters. But come yeah. on, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's like, "No, I'm getting out of here." And they're like, "Yeah, well, you're staying with who they called Guinevere." And you know, when she comes here, she tends to stay for a while. And you know, she's probably with Istrid. Um, Geralt finds yeah. out where yeah. Istrid lives, and basically yeah. gets yep. straight there. Of course, like yeah. yes. After after having to listen to a lecture about how Istrid is apparently must be touched in the head for digging in the ground because everyone knows there's nothing but worms there. There's no history in the ground. <laughs> Freaking town. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we also get um, yeah. Cicada saying that he wants to meet Geralt in an alleyway and have a fight. There is one important line here, though, I think that um, it just bearing in mind the way that people seem to get confused about witchers is the they say you can't feel like people can that's lies if one of you was properly stabbed you'd feel it and that is probably the correct thing about witchers that the elixirs numb them to physical pain um but then that gets translated into you don't feel by you know istrid and others yes i think that's that's a fair takeaway and it also means that you know he can't pleases women without magic sometimes if he's taking his elixirs (laughs) well he can he just you know plenty ways to swing a cat and all that um, so to say, there's there's much more enjoyable yes. things than PIV. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, after Cicada challenges him and Geralt kind of blows him off, the next scene we are in Istrid's. Yeah, I think I like this scene. Just for there's obviously we can get into it for so many reasons. He's just you know he's describing the curios that are around his house, and the weird magical bullshit that's around him. But one of the things I like that this establishes. Yes is when he's talking to Istrid about magic and blood and mm-hmm. he's saying oh you know the only mm-hmm. reason we talk about needing virgin's blood is to stop normal people going out trying experiments with magic to do magic <laughs> yes um okay so yeah we need to get into this um just to take it in order so yeah he as you say he arrives there and there's like yeah all sorts of curios and magical nonsense but of course Geralt it, it, 
is unimpressed because the collection makes no impression on him because he's lived with Yennefer and Vengerberg for six months. And Yennefer had a yet more fascinating collection, even including a phallus of exceptional proportions, <laughs> alleged, allegedly that of a mountain troll. She also possessed a very expertly stuffed unicorn <laughs> on whose back she liked to make love. So here is the infamous unicorn. Yes, which they, they broke it. <laughs> they broke it. Yeah. Over-enthusiastic. <laughs> which, by the way, contradict, contradicts the games because in the games, Yennefer, quote-unquote, still has the unicorn. Yeah, but she's repaired uh, it. Maybe she got it fixed. Yeah, it's Maybe she got it fixed. It. It's possible, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but while we're I talking think, I about... think, however, much more interesting than the unicorn is actually the fact that like he goes into detail on like various other places in his internal monologue where they like to have sex. And, he like, goes through a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah, unlike the him most, who considered his... <laughs> the most fascinate, fascinating one to me really is in a fucking raft in the middle of, like, quite a fast river. Okay, I might as well just read it out because this whole bit is something. So it's just like, unlike him who considered his bed a luxury and valued all possible uses of that marvelous piece of furniture, Yennefer was capable of being extremely extravagant. Geralt recalled some pleasant moments spent with a sorceress on a sloping roof, in a tree hollow full of rotten wood, on a balcony, someone else's to boot, on the railing of a bridge, on a wobbly boat on a rushing river, and levitating 30 fathoms above the earth. (laughs) The thing is about the boat... There's a lot of horizontal motion going on there. They must have really expert, like, hip balance. <laughs> the thing is as well, the thing is as well, is that, like, your translation says boat, mine says raft. Like, like, and frankly, I choose to believe it's a raft. Raft Because that makes, makes it even more impressive. Raft, raft makes more sense. I have now a Witcherverse adaptation of one of the most cheesy old jokes. Go on. What does Nilfgaardian beer have in common with making love on a raft rushing down a river? Oh, it's fucking near water. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, um, oh my god. Because I've heard, I've heard that same joke said about um, American beer, which is a bit unfair because American beer is not yeah. that bad. Um, I mean, to be fair, that joke's from like a long time ago when most American beer was like Budweiser, basically, like the domestic version of Budweiser. Yeah. So it was sort of like, and it's, it's a, a joke that was very popular in Canada because, of course, it was the, it went along the lines of, um, what does American beer have in common with making love in a canoe? Uh, it's fucking next to water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, it'd be a canoe because the Canadians. Yes. <laughs> mad for your canoes. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> You could say they're Canadians, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) They love canoodling. (laughs) They love canoodling in their canoes. All of us to jail. Yes. To to Canadian jail. Um. Yes, Um, but about the blood, I mean, like, this just, this part just he he focuses no, excessively on on the on the rumor the... that 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 some spells require virgin blood. Yeah. Like, yeah, does this jar not just any blood, does this jar perchance contain the menstrual blood of an undefiled virgin Istrid? Well, it disgusts me when I picture you a serious sorcerer with a file in your hand trying to obtain this precious liquid. Like fuck off. Geralt, did you, did you need to write that, Sapek? Like like first of all, Geralt, why? <laughs> Second of all, Sapek, why? <laughs> yes. 
like, Sopic, like, Sopic, we know, we know you're want... listening, and like, we really would like to ask, why? <laughs> yes. Yes. So it is a relief to know, in fact, that actually any old blood will do, and it's all just a rumor. <laughs> I think it's a, yeah. it's a fun twisting of sort of magical tropes, though, that they've actually kind of, you just put it there and yes. discussed it and said, this is bullshit. <laughs> Although yeah. there is a good bit in um, What We Do in the Shadows, there's a line about this oh, where one of the characters, you know, he asks, oh, why virgin blood? Well, because I just feel like if we were going to eat a sandwich, you'd prefer it if someone hadn't <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> Which is oh. <laughs> It's just an incredible line. It's one of my favourite lines in comedy I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the best shows I've ever watched, it's so Jesus yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Dying. It's good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, it's followed actually by quite an interesting bit, I have to say, where we actually delve into why wizards don't like witchers. Um, yes. Which is basically that, like, they actually think that, like, after all this effort and all these years of study that they, that they put into studying magic, they hate the idea that there are, like, you know, these castes, like, witchers and druids and so on, that, like basically kind of just culturally inherit magic like yes yeah, um, yeah it's in the hands so of... i think that's really unfair to the what witchers go through frankly yeah, they, like he calls them bit, laymen like, and dilettantes like i like like absolutely but like i kind of like you know understand this sort of like bigotry like you know well you know like when i say understand i don't mean that like you know it's very way usable just like do, do are we really surprised that the pages do not care that, about what witchers go through? Yeah. Like, did anyone get a vibe of like uphill or wa- walked in the snow barefoot uphill both ways from uh, this bit about like my bones and joints ached from the stone floor in the tower? Yes, in summer, of course, because of winter like... the enamel on my teeth cracked. <laughs> I would yes. cough from the dust on old scrolls and books. <laughs> yes, like it's very much barefoot in the snow uphill both ways. Like, like. He, like, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna be real here. Like, Istra did this is such a cunt. Like, like I'm sorry. Like, 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 like I mean, like, this is, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying anything, like, new here. We all know this. But, like, but, like, mm-hmm. he says things like, um, I didn't even get to enjoy military service, like, um, like, or girls or beer, like, in those, in those best years of your life when all these, like, you know, all this fun is the most is the most enjoyable. It's just like military service, really, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, well, I mean, in English, it's rendered as soldiering, so that sort of implies more of the like laddishness than the service looting, part. Looting, pillaging, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like it implies, it implies the like looting and pillaging and and marching about rather than the service. Like part. you say that, but like you know, I don't think like the marching about is fun. <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't yeah, think yeah. those things make up for the fact that military service is not what usually people class as fun. 
Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no um, that's true. I think he's trying to think of all the like machismo stuff that he didn't get to do because he was stuck in a like yeah, but like but like he's making it out like as like you know you know what this is. This is like mm-hmm. an even more nerdy. I studied the blade because like it really is. Oh my god! He's basically <laughs> he's basically mocking like when you think about it. He's really mocking Geralt for like like um well it's kind of like in this case like a mega nerd looking down on jocks really you know yeah. like yeah. Um, it really is like in the sense in the sense that he's basically making fun of people who like um have done like more conventional you know like just ways of life really than than wizarding like mm-hmm. and like and like as you say, it's completely unfair to what witchers go through, where, like, you know, Geralt went through very similar things, except also had to learn to use a sword, and be, like, you know, and, like, survive, like, you know, like, various fucking... Mutations and poisoning. Yeah, but also also physical training that was pretty excessive, really. Like, a lot... And watch, like, most of his, like... Friends die. like cohort die. die. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, like this is obviously super unfair to like what witchers went through, but it is also but it is also basically like it is a STEM kid mocking like, you know, PE students for being so <laughs> dumb that they couldn't like, you know, do actual wizarding slash science yeah. slash yeah. whatever. You know? <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. It's basically yeah, yeah, for sure. It's literally a nerd walking the sports kids. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Geralt decides he's done with this and cuts to the chase. It was like, look, why did you call me here? It's about Yennefer, isn't it? Which, yes, of course, it's about Yennefer. Um, At which, like, Istrid explains this entire situation that, like, um, he, like, you know, like a long time ago, started occasionally casually sleeping with Yennefer, like. Um, until he found that insufficient, and now he has proposed to her, at which point she said that she would think about it, and Istred knows that Geralt is the reason why it's difficult for her to make that decision, and would like Geralt to, as he puts it, get out of her life, and not stand in, it, not stand in her way. Yes. Um, so what he says to Geralt is that, basically... What he is asking him to do, he wouldn't, is something that he can ask of a witcher, but something he can't ask of a man because witchers couldn't ask of a man because witchers don't feel. And he says um, a few things that are quite telling. So he says, you know, I'm intentionally talking solely about Yenna's emotions for you are a witcher and you cannot experience any emotions. You do not want to agree with my request because you think she matters to you. You think she, Geralt, you're only with her because she wants it and you'll only be with her as long as she wants it. And what you feel is a projection of her emotions, the interest she shows in you. By all the demons in the netherworld, in the netherworld Geralt, you aren't a child. You know what you are. You're a mutant. You don't understand me wrongly. I don't say it to insult you or show you contempt. I merely state a fact. Your mutation and one of the basic features of your mutation, your mutant and one of the basic features of your mutation is utter insensitivity to emotions. You were created like that in order to do your job. Do you understand? You cannot feel anything. What you take for emotion is cellular somatic memory, if you know what those words mean. Um, and he says that what he can offer, Yen or Yena as he calls her, 
is understanding and stability, affection and happiness, which he claims that Geralt cannot offer her. I think it's he also interesting. That... He basically implies that Geralt's a ghoul. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah, like, I mean, they, he basically posits what, like, Strangeborg posits in the TV series, which is that, like, witchers just do not feel anything. Um, like, I think it's yes. kind of interesting as well, because um, um, the thing is as well, while this is all also obviously bullshit, because, like, we know already through all of this short story that Geralt lots, feels a lot of things all the time. Like, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, Most of them anger, trauma, and horniness. Um, yes. Um, yeah. same, yeah. as, same as all human beings. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> like, yes. like, like, you know what, like, I also want to, like, you know, point out is that, like, the things that, like, Istrid is accusing Geralt of feeling are not, like, you know, like, not actual normal human like responses like you know he's basically he basically makes out that like Geralt doesn't actually feel anything for Yen like he just um reflects her own like you know desire and affection for him like back at her and it's just like did you just not describe like to some degree just like how humans form social relationships which is that like yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just mutually yeah feeding off each other's well yeah. yeah, it's almost like we have mirror neurons and shit and we start, like, doing what other people do back at them. Yeah, no offense, Istred, but you just described normal <laughs> human behavior. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> you're... Yeah, it's almost like feeling the love that someone shares, shares with you makes you love them more or something. I don't know. <laughs> you denigrate what is actually extremely normal human interaction. <laughs> like... He's that guy on Twitter who's all like, you don't have a crush, you're just lonely and want to He's literally that guy. Jesus Christ. He's yeah. balloon guy. Okay, one sec. I've got to find the exact wording of that. Uh, you don't have a crush, you have attach- attachment issues and someone's giving you yeah, attention. That's the, that's the prick. He's literally, he's literally balloon guy. Fuck balloon guy. Fucking balloon guy. Yeah. It's, it's this, maybe I'm old man here but it, there is a bit of a trend of sort of pathologizing and turning every human interaction into a transactional thing that seems to have emerged from a really yeah. peculiar corner of tumblr and it's thankfully yeah. most people are kind of seeing through it but it's a really dangerous and i think really worrying trend of sort of trying to yes. just supplant you know oh you're not actually a human feeling normal things this is just you exploiting say your partner oh you're not helping your friend you're performing emotional labor it's like fuck off man <laughs> and this is this is kind you're of not this in is a like emotionally exactly fulfilling what... relationship where you depend on each other you're codependent yeah, this is exactly like, this is it's... exactly what history is basically doing like uh, yeah, the yeah. other word for it really is just gaslighting. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're you're becoming yeah you're playing with words. You're becoming intoxicated with them. You try and substitute words for normal human feelings, which you do not have. Um, your your words don't express feelings. They are only sounds like those that skull emits when you tap it. For you are just you as empty as the skull. Was, I mean, you know what's also fucking funny is that like. Yeah. No offense, Mr. Wizard, but you are just as much a mutant as Geralt. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Geralt just got a fairly higher for a dose. Long time makes you a mutant. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it says wizards, only a couple of pages. Ago, wizards but... also undergo shitty somatic changes that like fuck with their entire biology, just as part of using magic and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. It says only a couple of pages ago that you know men 
customise how they look when they're sorcerers to look a mature age, suggesting knowledge and experience. Whereas women like Yennefer were concerned less with prestige and more with attractiveness. Like they, they change how they look to yeah. suit their own desires. Yeah. Like, yeah. Istred exactly. is just as much a fake. Yeah. And by the way, like, um, okay, so I've got to posit, like, an even, like, bolder theory. Um, and I've got to, like, you know, like, like th- this is this is based on the fact that sometimes Geralt does sa- say something where Istred just stops and shuts up. Like, I think Istred is projecting. Oh, 100%. Like, I think, oh, I think Istred yeah. is actually projecting his own insecurities and his own feeling that he's unworthy of Yen, like, into his attacks on Geralt. Mm-hmm. Like... That sounds true. And, like, you know, like, m- the reason why I-, I think that's the case is, well, because of the last scene in this short story, as we'll get to it. Yeah. And also, also in this discussion, it's established that Yen is also sleeping with Estrid. Um Yes. yes. So yeah, because Carol tries to say, yeah, well, whatever you say doesn't matter because she slept with me last night, so I guess we're together. And then Istra just throws her right back in his face, like, well, she slept with me this morning. I mean, yeah. fair play to her, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's in a difficult position. Here's the problem: is like, yeah, she's Yen been in several positions. Actually, she? Torn between both of them. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Like let let's talk actually let's talk actually about the morality of this in the fall after the following conversation that Geralt and the other group to have, because I think I think we need to talk about that conversation first. Yes. So Istrid sort of leaves this with like Geralt's like I'm going and Istrid leaves it with go to hell. So yes, the next the next section starts with uh, Geralt laying fully clothed in bed, staring at the ceiling, staring into the void, um, and Yen walks in and I just. I love this description of her because it so neatly mirrors when he first sees her in The Last Wish and is trying to like pick out all these flaws and says she isn't so pretty. Um, so the description goes, how ravishing she is, he thought. Everything about her is ravishing and menacing. There's colors of her that contra- of hers that contrast of black and white, beauty and menace. Her raven black natural curls, her cheekbones pronounced, emphasizing a wrinkle which her smile, if she deigned to smile, created beside her mouth, wonderfully narrow and pale beneath her lipstick, her eyebrows wonderfully irregular when she washed off the coal that outlined them during the day, her nose exquisitely too long, her delicate hands wonderfully nervous, restless and adroit, her waist willowy and slender, emphasized by an excessively tightened belt, slim legs setting in motion the flowing shapes of her black skirt, ravishing. I just love how he's describing all of her like supposed flaws that he'd picked out before, like her irregular eyebrows and her long nose and um, her pale lips as being something that is just ravishing to him now. And I love that because I think this is a quite common, again, human experience that like the more you fall in love with someone, just everything about them becomes attractive, even if it isn't something that I guess is objectively an attractive feature because it's, you know, it's Yeah, them. it's, it's yeah. a quirk or a character trait that forms part of them, yes. And it's also partly when, like, when you go through a bitter breakup or something like that, all those things you remember as part of all the other good things about that person. And that makes it all the more mm-hmm. confusing, and, you know, the, the maelstrom of emotions that you'll have, all the, you know, <laughs> the more traumatic, because all this stuff is bundled <laughs> together, isn't it? Get out of my mm-hmm. head, Mags. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry>. um, 
Uh, that, we were saying at the end of last uh, this episode, it's, it's a good thing we've gone through this now, like seven <laughs> months after we've both been through very painful yeah. breakups. This is this is very true. Um, like, um, you know what's also like wonderfully actually relatable. This established establishes that like despite you know being projecting so much power and menace like at the same time as beauty like uh yen is also like actually under at all nervous enough that she fiddles with her hands oh like yes oh my gosh incidentally as a narrow pale lips haver and restless hands haver i appreciated like, this as paragraph. as as a restless hands haver this like made yen like powerfully relatable for a second <laughs> like I think I think it kind of is important because when you know how Angie writes, and he is very minimalist in his descriptions of people, it's very very noteworthy when he goes into such minutiae and detail. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. very very deliberate. He, he won't he won't write a sentence about a person if it doesn't matter. Yeah, Absolutely which I don't. kind of appreciate, especially like write or if you're a reader. I don't have aphantasia, but I can appreciate if you do have aphantasia forming images might be difficult for you his minimalist style of writing might be very appealing as well i would imagine because it's very yeah. literal yeah yeah like mm-hmm. anyway they have a fight anyway. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yen comes in and is very brusque about the whole thing she's like all right get up stop staring let's just get this over with <laughs> let's get this idiotic situation over with or something like that like so i i i she's like she's a bit detached shall we say <laughs> yeah she like, like i think that like at least like the second paragraph like that like she says needs to be read out here because like i think it's like impossible to discuss whether she's being well let's be real here unreasonable to Geralt without highlighting things in it as i said let's sort it out and sort it out quickly in order not to put you in an awkward situation, I'll answer my questions. I'll answer any questions at once. You don't even have to ask them. Yes, it's true that when I came with you to Edgin Vale, I was coming to meet Istrid and I knew I would go to bed with him. I didn't expect it to come out that you'd boast about it to each other. I know how you feel now and I'm sorry about that, but no, I don't feel guilty. So it's not exactly the most like um <laughs> kind approach to Geralt's feelings. <laughs> No. <laughs> like let's be very real here yeah like um i think what's interesting is his response is just when she says Geralt say something when he's you know he says, sits there in silence and she says Geralt say something and his response is he he calls you yenna and that just seems like he's it's interesting to me because it seems like he's more upset that he's more discovered actually the depth of the relationship that they have this whole life that he didn't understand rather than actually that she slept with him is that not like fairly normal though yeah i think yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. the I mechanics it's interesting yeah. because like we're talking about the infidelity is the thing that they're gonna have a fight about but that's actually not well but the like thing it's this long-standing okay like you know like it, it really depends on like the, the definition of infidelity here right like um yeah because like you know if we're talking about like the act of sleeping with someone else in and of itself well mm-hmm. then if i'm being very honest it's not like Geralt can complain yes um, <laughs> well, yes precisely. like 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 i'm not i don't want to be mean to Geralt, but like come on mate like <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty DTF a lot of the time. Like, 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 like um... Because this, if this might be after Season of Storms, so he's probably in the interim 
been with. It is. It is after the season of storms because season of storms was uh, before before the striga. Yeah, the the striga, which by now has been years ago. Yeah, so he has already been sleeping. In with fairness, other though, if we're supposed to read this as immediately after the dragon story, they did just get back together. Yes. So, but um, but like, regardless, you know, like. I would, you know, like, you know, I would, I would say that, like, you know, they've, do- they've both done some, like, you know, perhaps not quite, you know, like, perfect things to each other in terms of, like, th- that sort of thing, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, at the very least, Geralt, to complain about it for Geralt would be at the very least a little bit hypocritical, um, <laughs> like, um, but, but, um. Like, emotional cheating is also a thing, and, you know, like, I would posit that in most instances where um, people haven't been faithful to each other in relationships where that was established as something that, you know, like, people expect from each other, it's, like, actually, like, forming that sort of cheating, arguably, you know, like, usually hurts more. Like, Look, I don't know. Mm. I've never been cheated on, insofar as I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, um... I mean... Um, but, like... I mean, yes, okay, there's nothing ethical about the non-monogamy going on here. Yeah. Like, we'll just be clear no, about like, that. No, there, like, there, there's um, nothing ethical about the relationship most of the time. Um, like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they... The, the, good, the good thing that you can really say about, about Geralt and Yen's relationship up to the end of Sword of Destiny... Is that at least both of them are into it, like, um, like yes. which can't be said about Triss and Geralt's relationship. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um. My point is that my understanding is that like, that it's it's not exactly unusual or abnormal that what hurts Geralt more is actually the romantic tie. Oh no, it's not unusual. It's just like. I think the way that it's constructed where literally the last thing he hears is like, yeah, well, I fucked her this morning. You expect that's what the fight's going to be about? Yeah, but like... And it immediately turns and it isn't. Y- yeah, but like, it's because Geralt was kind of using it as a rhetorical tool, you know? Like, like I mean, yeah. he did literally go, that allows me to make, to make some Yeah, I have a clean one because I hit that. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I planted my flag on that mountain. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh god let's not talk about Geralt's flagpole please um (laughs) oh god (laughs) like 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 I think like Geralt pretty much kind of already did in his conversation with Istred so like um like but like but like I I think that Mm -hmm. you know like uh, that makes sense to me because like Geralt was like you know kind of like using it as a rhetorical tool like um so you know it also makes sense to me that what actually hurts him is not Mm -hmm. that like it is not in end of itself that like yen has at some point slept with his thread it's the fact that like well i mean okay like like you know like i i feel like we're talking like for a really long time about like fairly basic concepts and like you know like why cheating yeah. is bad in relationships? She <laughs> broke his trust by ba- by having like you know a romantic yeah. entanglement with another man. Yes, that is going on for years. Yeah, like and while they've been sort of off and on, which fair enough, they've been off and on, but like she's been like 
thinking about marrying this guy. Like, like while I mean, for what it's worth, he has proposed to her from what I understand only like recently. Like, yeah. but like, but like the relationship was serious enough that that was like, like, like from as as uh, Istred later establishes, um, like. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, it's fine to jump a little bit ahead to that particular phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, as Istred uh-huh. later establishes, she has been off and on with both Geralt and Istred throughout the years. Like, um... Yes, without telling the other one. Without telling the other, the one, other one. And also, apparently, on the side, occasionally did some other people too. <laughs> like, um... Which apparently is fine, because that didn't mean anything, and Istred doesn't care about that. <laughs> We'll actually talk about Istrid's reaction to those things in a little while, because, again, I have some theories about Istrid's psychological state about all of this. Like... <laughs> uh, well, it's not good, that's it's for sure. It's not good, that's but, for um, sure. Yeah, like... Yeah, so what's telling is how Yan sort of responds to this, I think. Um, so she says, you know, Istrid's very dear to me, you're also dear to me, that's the whole problem. And when she's asked by Geralt if she'll be accepting Istrid's proposal... Um, she says, I am, you know, we understand each other wordlessly. He give me support. Um, who knows one day I'll maybe need it. Above all, he, he loves me, I think. And this is where her confusion is, because we'll get to this on the next page, basically. But she really, I mean, he does a good job of showing how torn she really is, though, because like when Geralt says to her, like, you know, I won't stand in your way. She has this kind of lovely sort of lines about like, you know, in my way that you don't under, don't you understand anything you idiot. If you'd been in my way, if you were bothering me, I'd have got rid of the obstacle in the blink of an eye. I'd have teleported you to the end of Cape uh, Bremervord or transported you to the land of Han in a whirlwind. Just like all the horrible things that she could have done to him if she really wanted to get rid of him, but she doesn't. And that's the problem. Like, can I just say that like inventing the, inventing the name land of Han for a very distant country very lazy, Sapkowski. Try harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, no offense, but come on. <laughs> like <laughs> we do get um to to drag this herd of cats further along. Um we do get again mention of the, the shard of ice here as well. Yes. Um to Yes. Oh oh sorry, can I just comment on one more thing before mm. we go there? He Geralt does his self loathing thing again. I think this is this is quite this is quite important because this also harks back to the last wish. There's so much language in this that harks back to the last wish, which I mean, obviously it's supposed to be like a sad parallel to it. Um, when, um, uh, you know, Geralt says he's not going to reproach her for what anything that she's done and that he can't judge her by ordinary standards. So the fact that I'm saddened, the fact that I know I'm losing you is cellular memory, the atavistic remnants of feeling and a mutant purged of emotion. And she immediately like snaps back at him that I can't stand it when you talk like that. I can't bear it when you use that word. Don't ever use it again in my presence. Never. And I feel like that sort of harks back to the language of the last wish where she sort of notes that he like doesn't like to talk about the qualities of his own body and uses disparaging words for it. Mm. I just like this whole story reads as like a really sad parallel to like the beautiful hopefulness of the last wish. Also, I think this is also important, like where they talk about Geralt's like last and most important question, like Yen, oh, I'm listening, God. Geralt. Like you told me you would answer my questions, the questions that like don't even need to be asked. Um, the only one remains the most important one, the one I never dare to answer. Ask you, like, um, answer it, please. And she just tells him she can't. Like and then like and then like she ins- he insists that like he doesn't believe her like she know he knows her too well like and 
yet and then ultimately says that she doesn't know. And this is can I just say that like <laughs> of all the people in this story, it's not Geralt who like has the most issue with defining how he feels about <laughs> things. Yes. I I think that's one of the cruxes of it. Yeah, it's one of the main things that the story hangs on. It's not yeah, Geralt is portrayed as cold and unfeeling and not being able to feel anything, and yeah, he's one of the most expressive out of anyone. And if anyone is uncertain about yes. feeling it's <laughs> like Geralt is relatively. Are you guys gonna like, hate me if I have to read this? This is, this is the fucking irony, right? Like Geralt is relatively honest yeah. about his feelings. It's he says I'm traveling with you because the harness not, of my sleigh got like, entangled, caught in your runners, and a blizzard is all about me, and a frost. It's cold. Oh god, can I just read this whole bit? It's oh god, it's so good and it's so necessary. I think. Do we have something to comment on it? It's like it's like them laying out their entire like emotional state in Yeah, but we can't like read out every bit of the story that like is, is like important to the story. <laughs> or we will cats. never get to the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. But this bit okay, just this bit, because this is actually relevant when Yennefer's talking about herself. You know, for I the elf queen desire warmth, that is my secret, which is why every year my sleigh carries me amidst a blizzard through some little town and every year someone dazzled by my spell gets their harness caught in my runners. And that sort of parallels what Istrid was saying about her playing with people's emotions and needing warmth and needing love, and that's what Istrid claims he can give her and what he claims Geralt never can. Hmm. Um Geralt's parallel to the question he asked Yen right after this, because Yen then asks Geralt to answer my question, the question I've never asked you, the one I've always feared. I won't ask you at this time either, but answer it because I greatly desire to hear your answer. And he says, you know, I cannot, Yen. He says, don't you know, my answer would just be a word, a word which doesn't express a feeling, doesn't express an emotion because I'm bereft of them, a word which would be nothing but the sound you make when you strike a cold, empty skull. But then she looks at him and says, no, Geralt, that's not the truth, or perhaps it is, but not the whole truth. You aren't bereft of feeling. Now I see it. Now I know you. Do you think she was reading his mind there? Because she seems... I don't know. I mean, Yen is, yeah. at any given time, probably reading Geralt's mind, but it's... It would be very unfair of her if she was doing that in this instant. I mean, she's like, being pretty unfair hmm. to her, generally. But I mean, yeah, like, Yen being unfair to Geralt is not a new thing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like, or vice versa for that matter, like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, as as you say, Max, to move this herd of cats along, there is an important thing that she does next, which is that she creates another one of those blackbirds, which um is important as we later find out, um, like, and yes. as they allude to, it's very subtle, um. Yeah, but it's sad. Oh, God, we get another reference, of course, to her sadness about what she is. You know, she talks about gifts that need to be repaid. She says, I'm a sorceress, Geralt. The power over matter which I possess is a gift, a reciprocated gift for which I paid with everything I possessed. Nothing remained. Or our, our, our poor Yen. And, and of course, the Tresco Our poor traumatized couple. <laughs> Um, yeah. And of course, the story the section ends with, you know, truth the Kestrel said is a shard of ice. The motif. Here's honestly my theory as well. Like, I'm just gonna posit this here. 
the only reason this entire situation is happening, like, really mm-hmm. is because Geralt ran away from her in Vungerberg, and they never properly resolved mm-hmm. that. Yes, because she throws it in his face right at the start of that chapter, and he says, you said we wouldn't go back over that. Yeah, and, like, to be totally honest, like, you know, this entire thing, like, like in a, the way I read it, what Yen's perspective on this entire thing is ultimately that, like, until this exact moment where, like, obviously she creates these two birds, as we later on, later find out, like, essentially making the decision that she will effectively break up with both of them, like... She mm-hmm. was basically, until this moment, kind of trying to decide which one of them would love her, frankly. Like, mm-hmm. um, like actually love her. And, and the only reason she had to have doubts about Geralt in that regard was because a long time ago he pretty, like, from... I mean, it's always only alluded to, we never see it. But it sounds like he basically ran away in the middle of the night, and that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, like, like she said I mean, something like having woken up with flowers on her bedside and him gone or something like that. I mean, that. honestly, like, you know, like, I, I, the, the, it's fucked up. It's horrible. Like, imagine imagine your living partner with whom you've lived for four years. Like, in this in this short story, it for some reason cut down to, cut down to a year, but like, in, in The Last Wish, it explicitly says four years. So I'm inclined to basically not trust later day Geralt on this. Like, um, yes. like imagine you've lived with, you've lived in with a lived you've lived with a lived live-in partner four years, and then one day you just wake up and they're not there and there's an apology note. Like, yeah. fucking hell. That's fucked. Like, you know, Geralt. I'm gonna cut this, but my mom's live-in boyfriend did this to her when she was at work. He packed up all the oh, shit. No. Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> This is one of the ones we'd been warning her about was a total tool and like she didn't listen to us and lo and behold. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> well yeah. Like but like that's fucked, right? Like 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 Geralt just leaving. It is fucked. Like so like I'm not exactly totally shocked fucked. that like when he and Yen got back together, um she was still, like, you know, tormented by, like, various, like, doubts about it that actually pushed her into this weird, you know, like, cheating on both Istrid and Geralt situation. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's morally unethical, you know, but I understand, like, the, the, the suffering that's a context to that, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so... After this fallout with Yen, uh, Geralt, this is quite short, I don't think we need to go too deeply into this, basically Geralt goes and finds Istrid, and they basically effectively decide that uh, Yen will never choose between the two of them, and so they have to take the choice out of her hands by dueling to the death. (laughs) So they're meeting by a well, and they're gonna gonna have a scrap, basically. I mean, this is where Istrid confirms that, like, he, he, he's only today did I learn that for several years Yana has been circulating between us like a rag ball. First she's with me, then she's with you. She runs from me to look for you, then the other way around. The other she's with during the breaks don't count. Only we two. All of like... You know... What's his face? Like, all of Istrid's statements in this situation, like, you know, really mostly scream very troubled by all of this. Yes. Like, even without the context of what we later find out, like, 
you know, like of how he later reacts uh, to all of this at the end of the short story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, 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 he sounds like you know not well. <laughs> yes, he sounds also like not well. I do want to observe. There is something like sort of nice for what it's worth in that they seem to like acquire a kind of like you know mutual respect like after the conversation where they agree on a duel yeah. like and Geralt just go like well we feel kind of stupid now <laughs> like <laughs> yes like yes don't you feel stupid that we're going to fight to the death over a woman like this is, this is how we really saw ourselves going out shrug like um, the other thing I think is 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 interesting about the like agreement they reach is like they do seem to reach that sort of mutual understanding because they both realize how well they know Yen, um, because of that sort of bit where there's like, oh, well, you know, whichever one of us wins is is going to have to flee to the ends of the earth until she calms down. She's not going to like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting, right? Like it's like, yeah, it's like ultimately like. You know, like, them both understanding that whatever else might be the case, like, you know, they're kind of suffering the same kind of suffering right now. Mm-hmm. They seem to know that the other one, each other aren't really their problems. Yes. But, like, also, like, you know, it's implicit, yeah. like, while Istra doesn't explicitly say it, that does implicitly acknowledge, like, Geralt's ability to feel, because they're, they're, like, clearly both aware that the other is feeling more or less the same thing about this situation. Yes. And you know, like if you if you basically accept that like, you know if you basically accept that your situations are parallel, then you're implicitly accepting that like, well, the other person does have feelings, right? Because they have the same feelings as me. And is in fact a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean they shake hands um, and shit. It's it's actually quite respectable. Yeah. Yeah. The next kind of so, the next couple um, of sequences are not really important from a plot perspective, I wouldn't say, because... No, Geralt, Geralt like, goes just, to Sorrows, just... he gets drunk. Yeah, he gets drunk, he gets whisked by Herbolt, like... Um, who tries to bribe him to leave because he can't afford to have his wizard killed. Like, he terrifies Herbolt into running away. Um, Cicada comes and escorts um, Herbolt away. There's only, like, one line in this section that I think is actually... Interesting, because I don't really understand what's happening. Mm. Um, okay, so there's one line that I don't really understand what's happening, and I don't know if you guys can, like, clarify this for me. Um, so as he gets up and goes to leave and notices the ratty-faced man is looking at him, he says, I'm annoyed, he realizes it. Well, not says, but, like, you know, it's eternal monologue. I'm annoyed, he realized in amazement. My hands are trembling. Really, my hands are trembling. It's astonishing what's happening to me. Could it mean that... Dot, 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 question mark. Yes, he thought, looking at a little, the little man with the ratty face. I think so. Is this him, like, realizing that actually, like, all of this, like, annoyance and anger and whatever and fear and trepidation about tomorrow is, is emotions that he is feeling yeah. things? Or is he just really <laughs> That's what I figured. I mean, that would... Okay. <laughs> like, like, I... That, it that's could be what both. I figured, that, <laughs> that there is just feelings. And, yeah. like, he's realizing that he has feelings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm figuring from the fact that his hands are shaking. Yeah. Maybe he just needed to be a little drunk to get past the, like, conscious block on thinking about how he's feeling. Yeah. He gets briefly ambushed by a, by, by a couple of, like, I don't know, fucking, like... He gets mugged. Street thugs. One of, one of, one of whom is named Radagast, yeah. which is really funny. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. But yes, because he's been dumb enough to go out without a sword, and he left his dagger on the table after he drunkenly threatened the mayor, so... Yeah. 
like yeah. um so uh he wakes up like like one of one of the fugs basically tells him and this is the only line that really matters here next time witcher when you yeah. like develop a desire to kill yourself don't involve others in it just take just hang yourself in the stable from your reins yeah yeah just yeah. take your reins and hang yourself Oof. in the stable yeah like yeah um though i will say um once again, nobody notices he's a witcher till they see his medallion. So once again, the eyes do not seem to be coming into this. And then they panic. <laughs> then they panic and flee. Um, <laughs> this yeah, when they realize he's a witcher, yeah, they panic and flee with his money. Yeah, like he wakes up in a stable. Yeah. Actually, um, like has another encounter with yeah. Cicada. Not a very interesting one. Basically, just punches him in the face until. Well, I, I think it is worth mentioning. Yeah, the, 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 he, Cicada's been geeing him up and trying to wind him up into a fight the whole time, and Geralt levels him with two punches. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. And then, yes. And, and like, Geralt's trying to ignore him as well, and just, like, Cicada won't leave him alone, so yeah, just. It's because him. he doesn't care. He needs to go see Istrid. Like, and as we find yes. out, not fight him, just see him. Like. Yes. Because, um, Istrid. Um, is standing there with a kestrel and is holding a sword and says to Geralt uh, so he says to Geralt after you know Geralt arrives he says she wanted she wanted to save us both of us never mind Geralt let's cross swords only one of us could remain and then Geralt realizes something's fishy he's like why is a wizard trying to fight me with a sword because he wants to die like <laughs> basically yeah that's yeah so Istrid has received a message from Yennefer but of course Geralt slept in the stable so he mm. is not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like is um, like a very neat. You know what's amazing about fucking Sapkowski is that like is that like even like 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 his short stories will occasionally have like a background tangent that you're not quite sure you know why it's happening like 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 yeah like why did yeah, girl why get did he get drunk why <laughs> did he get mugged yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like or like indeed why did the entire thing with Herbolt and Cicado on the side happen. And then, and then you get to the send, and you realize it's because he needed Daryl to not wake up at home. Yeah, that's literally yes. it. They needed Geralt to wake up, not at home. And that's fucking brilliant. That's such good story yeah, writing. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's... Like that is fantastic setup. Like it's it's incredible. Like Geralt got mugged simply because the plot needed him to not wake up at home. Yes. It's it's great. It's amazing. But anyway, yeah, it becomes yeah, clear that like Istrid wants to fight not using magic but with a sword. Which obviously Geralt has an automatically at ad- automatic advantage at. Like Yeah, so Geralt will not fight him. He says, Look, I wanna know why you want to fight with swords. I wanna know why you have a black kestrel and where it came from. I have the right to know, I have the right to know the truth, Istrid. And Istrid replies, the truth, yes, perhaps you have, perhaps you have. Our rights are equal. The kestrel, you ask, it came at dawn, wet from the rain. It brought a letter, a very short one. I know it by heart. Farewell, Val. Forgive me. There are gifts which one may not accept, and there is nothing in me I could repay you with. And that is the truth, Val. Truth is a shard of ice. So a breakup letter from Yen claiming that she is the one who can't feel and can't return love with love. And then Geralt just goes... Right, no, fuck this, I'm out of here. Like, tells Istred <laughs> yes. that, like, if he wants to, if he wants don't to kill himself, into your like, don't drag other people into your suicide, take reins and hang yourself in the stables. In the stables. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Oh, it's so it's good. It's fantastic. 
God, I love Andrew Sapkowski. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, bless him. Uh, yes. And, you know, Istra tries, is basically just trying to bait Geralt into coming back and killing him. Like, you know? he literally is looking for death. Away from me. I'll follow her to Vengerberg. I'll follow her to the end of the world. I'll find her. I'll never give her up. Know that. And that is clearly him not vowing to follow Yennefer. That's him trying to bait He is Geralt trying to bait Geralt killing into killing him. Yeah. Like... Which, you know, again, um, reinforces the thing that you see throughout this, like, short story, which is that, like, you know, like, actually, like, Istred and Geralt both feel lots of things, but Istred is not dealing with them well, at all, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the cold, logical um, sorcerer, you know, the clever, crafty guy. Mm-hmm. And he's just as tumultuous and emotional and... as, well, anyone else. Yes. And um, so Geralt walks away and just completely ignores what Istrid's saying. Because uh, he wanted to read the letter as soon as possible, even though he knew what was in it. Oh, and that's... It's one, it's one oh. liner is at the end of his chapters. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, he's incredible at these perfect little last barbs, even though he knew what was in it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, duh. Duh. Oh. So good. Uh, Sapek. So fucking good. Fucking Sapek. <laughs> God, like, I love this story so much, as evidenced from the fact that you guys had to stop me trying to, like, just read out the whole thing because I think every line needs to be savored. It's just. It's uh. just a work. It's just a fantastic work of writing. Um, it is an incredible short story. Um, and it is. It a- is. I mean, it is. It's the fact that you can see it happen, Sorry, like a lot of things developing in front of you that at the time seem trivial, but then at the end, the denouement, it's not like some writers telegraph things that are happening. You know, they set it all up and it's really obvious and you feel satisfied if you figure out what's happening at the end because, oh, like a murder mystery or something. Sapphic tells you loads of mm-hmm. things that seem sort of inconsequential, but when he ties them up, you don't feel stupid for not having got them or you don't feel smart because you've got them. It just makes, like, they hold their own as a story, but then he makes it work as a, you know, as an ensemble together. It's just... Like, when you see... It's yeah, satisfying. Like, when you see Yen making the other kestrel in the middle of the argument, it's like, oh, that's a bit weird. What's mm-hmm. that all about? And then at the very end, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, you could have figured it out, yeah. but... and knowing that that was the moment she decided... Yeah. Right after she read, apparently, is from what we can see, either read his mind or was able to pick up from the way he said it that actually he does love her, knowing that was the moment she made it. Because she knows that Istra and Geralt both love her and she feels like she's the one who can't repay that. Ugh. Oh. I mean, yeah, we, we could spend another half an hour just making noises. <laughs> and praising Angie. But there That's is it. really no need. Yes. <laughs> There's no need, and I'd have to edit it. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it's. I, I I don't I don't I think they could put. It's not necessary, really, to the whole telling of the story as a thing. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's really just a sort of um, tiff between them in in terms of like you know the universe and the story and everything. Um, so, but they could include it because it includes you know Istred in the actual show but I don't I don't mm. know if they will I 
think don't think they here's my problem i don't think they will because they had yen and istrid resolve their yeah, whole thing it's, it's over where she goes back and talks to him and he's like if istrid, yeah, no. if istrid comes back so, it's not in that capacity yeah like and, this short um, story they've already be had Geralt and yen yeah they've already had Geralt and yen fight over him having left and um like, they've already so i think i, and I, I really i really do i really do think that like Frankly, they're taking just a completely different direction for Geralt and Yen's feuds and why they exist. Um, like, 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 it, it, for it to function at all, it would have had to be fit into season one. It basically doesn't fit thematically anywhere else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think it would have been a lot to ask of a TV show audience to accept their relationship as the one you want to root for yeah. with an episode <laughs> like this. Yeah, um, like, like th- this, is, this is very accurate. I was gonna say, like, if something precisely like this, which is that, like, actually, if you took... <sighs> this can be controversial if if like if the if the fucking uh, listeners like would like to consider it such, but um, if you take the short stories as a coherent narrative, um, like the only way you can actually like um end up rooting for Geralt and Yen is because of all the things you see in like the in the text itself, right, in Geralt's internal monologue about how much this actually means to him, he just doesn't have the, like, fucking physical language, like, to to verbalize that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, the, I mean, how, like, you know, like, a fucking fairly substantial part of this story circles around the fact they both don't really know, I mean, actually, well, in the case of Geralt, he doesn't really know how to say to Yen that he loves her. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's really what that entire conversation about like questions unasked is about. And in mm-hmm. Yen's case, uh her answer is I don't know and yeah, I pers like you know, you guys might disagree, but I do really think that like that's mostly because like she kind of already burned herself with Geralt before, you know? Mm-hmm. Like also I mean like you know, like you you get some fucking doubts about a relationship when like you guys have been on and off together for like a decade and like you, you know like like if if we count from when they originally got together and the person has mm-hmm. still failed to tell you that they love you you know like yeah. like like you know like it's it's normal to start to have doubts about how you feel about them like mm-hmm. so i think that's why yen's mm-hmm. answer is i don't know and in gerald's case he basically can't say it, even though he does. Like, and like, it's very mm-hmm. obvious that he does. It's like basically almost all but stated yeah. in the text. Like, so it's like it's like basically impossible to convert that into TV. Yeah, because it is such an internal story. Like, frankly, like this yeah. this is a thing that like, like, you know, like in the in the in the previous episode, I actually you know like, um. And, like, in previous episodes in general of, of our podcast, I perhaps, you know, like, raised I don't as much like um, the TV series decision 
like to to center their feud around Geralt's wish. But now I'm thinking that there was basically it was very difficult to find another way to do it. Mm. Like because mm-hmm. without like because it's it's kind of difficult to it, like on TV you can only depict really Geralt's and Yennefer's actions, right? So it's so mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to depict all of these things that are going on inside their heads that justify you know, well, well or rather no not justify but like explain definitely not justify but if explain a lot of their <laughs> shitty behavior because I mean mm-hmm. let's be real here taken in a vacuum their behavior towards each other is awful like <laughs> yes get a- Taken in a vacuum, he leaves her after years yeah, of living like, together without no him offense, Geralt, and but she's like, hiding an entire other relationship. Yeah, like, like it's like it taken in a vacuum. Yeah, he leaves her after four years without having ever said to her that he loves her. Like, and mm-hmm. and and she hides an entire other relationship from him for a year, and this is like before you get into the fact that Istred essentially ends up an unfortunate bystander in the wrecking ball that is Geralt and Yen powering through the Witcherverse, <laughs> destroying lives. <laughs> like, yes. um, like, through their, through their misplaced, like, fo- failed resolution of trauma. You know? Like, so yes. like, so like, taken in a vacuum, not only are they arseholes, they are arseholes to everyone around them. <laughs> like, like, yes. um, but this is the thing. But not take but, it. But you can't take it, take it in a vacuum, the, of like, course, because we know no, their precisely, trauma, right? And yeah, we know yeah, their trust like, like, issues. But and... that, that's precisely what I'm getting at, right? Like, but in the books, yeah. this is understandable because we understand that these are traumatized people. Like we, mm-hmm. like, and we can see that because Sapkowski is an incredible psychological writer. Yes, like, this is something I feel like. Um, like, as you say, in the show that we'll never be able to get because shows can't do this level of, like, internality. Yeah. Uh, th- this is actually what I miss when we get to the novels and as well. And as the, the character base becomes a bit more diversified and we spend more and more time away from Geralt is, like, the incredible psychological realism of Sapkowski's writing yeah. and th- being inside Geralt's head and really, like, feeling what he's feeling that's something we sort of lose as we leave the short stories and i'm just i'm savoring every second of it while we go Mm, back through them and like you know what's upsetting as well is that like i don't think we will ever see that in the show just because it's basically unrenderable in the tv medium Mm -hmm. like like we will we will like even even like 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 the, the show will be extremely good at rendering the actual plot of the novels but never mm-hmm. the deeply, deeply personal thoughts that like Geralt experiences about everything that happens. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, do we think we're uh, yes, <laughs> but suitably bummed out? Okay. So <laughs> I have to go yeah. make a, I have so, to go um, make a yeah. thread on which Witcher characters would vote for which parties in the Lithuanian election of twenty twenty. So. Yes. So yes, go enjoy that. Um, so um, with that, I think we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you will join us again next time when we discuss the third story in uh, The Sword of Destiny, which is Eternal Flame. Um, this is another oh, one that's that not in the so show. Good. And-
And this one is uh, the polar opposite of this story. It is very fun and very silly. It is and it the has most dandelion fun in it. fucking Witcher short story. <laughs> it's just great. Like I, I love, I love it Eternal is, it Flame. It is wonderful. It is like, very silly and very. It's wonderful, also like genuinely like much. really, really like you know empowering the kind of like you know in the, in the sense of like you know it makes you feel good about humanity. <laughs> like, yeah, it kind of does. Like the. It just makes you feel good about everything. Not necessarily specifically humanity, but just like about like the basic ability of people to be good. Yes. Yeah, it is a lovely story. I like it very much. And I'm very happy that we are are covering that. After this, yes. Next. (laughs) Yes. And we need it after this. (laughs) I might go have a cry like now. Oh. Oh, no. You know, like oh. you know, like 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 goddammit, Geralt again. <laughs> Just like I, I, I want to punch you too. Like I love you, but I want to punch you too. Yes, I mean it's amazing that after this, I still ship them all the harder. Like but, yes. those two nerds need a wedgie, is what they need. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> fucking dipshits. Um, yes, I hope you join us again next time when we discuss uh, Eternal Flame. Our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us as at The Witcher Cast on both Twitter and Tumblr. And you can email us at castapodtoyourwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.